Welcome back to Talk and Shop, the e-commerce strategy podcast brought to you by Cyber, New Zealand's leading e-commerce experts and Shopify Plus partner. We're here to share our knowledge and insider tips on all things e-commerce with the help of some amazing industry guests. New episodes available every week so you can make the most of your business online. Stay tuned for this week's episode coming right up. doing well yeah loving this new intro music hey i was uh i was thinking about the old intro and it was quite manly wasn't it It was quite like full on this is actually quite nice and yeah chilled so how are you good man good if you guys like that as well let us know um i guess we should probably start by saying welcome back to another episode we're all back in our studio here uh ready for an exciting podcast episode today where we're going to be having the guys from sin seven danny on board it's the founder yeah, of Sin7. Like we're, we always go to the top wall though, yeah, yeah. and we've done it again. Nice. We're bringing in the big players, and we're going to be hearing about Sin7, what's been going on, what they're doing. They've been acquiring some businesses. Yeah, yeah, we'll delve into all of that deeper. It's been really good because, uh, you know, getting an inventory management software on board, they're so busy with so much demand. Getting them on board on the podcast is something we've been lacking and people have been screaming out for. So um, have. really, really looking forward to it. Do you know something else that people have been screaming for? Where you been, mate? You were missing last week. <laughs> oh, mate, I was absolutely knocked down, uh, taking it safe, precautionary, staying at home. Mm. Um, I didn't go take a COVID was it the test. Man, was it the man flu or was it the... Uh, Just a yeah, cold. yeah, yeah. It was it was that compounded by uh, probably taking too many um, pain. Uh, well, the I thought you medis- said Red Bulls flu medication on um, an empty stomach. So. Well, it's good to have you here, buddy. Cheers, mate. Cheers, cheers. Awesome. Um, so I guess to start off today, we're going to jump straight into our news section first, aren't we? Ooh. Does Here that sound go. like a news intro? Does that sound like a, the start of a Star Wars movie or something? Both. Bum, That's great. Bum, bum, bum. It's right. great. What no, do you got in the news? Had a bit of body in there, mate. Uh, today in the news, uh, I thought you were going to go first. I can go first. <laughs> I'm doing old school. I'm doing pen and paper. Yeah, I'm just, like, uh, where's, just where's your laptop? How are you going to remember all of this? I'm not. Um, I'm going to go entertainment news. So for those of you that want to be inspired a little bit of, you know, just just running a successful e-commerce business. Shopify are releasing a new TV series. It's going to be on the Discovery Channel starting August 18th called, called I Quit. So okay. what, it's eight episodes and they're going to be following uh, eight different stories of people who just that one day at work said, that's it, I've had enough, got up, walked out and started their own e-commerce uh, business and it's done very well. Wow. And so they've, Shopify's gone around and documented that and they're telling that story of, yeah, how they're succeeding online. So that's going to be interesting. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Why would they have not gone straight for Shopify? Oh, I mean, for Netflix. Haven't mm. they just done a massive partnership with Netflix? Oh, true. Oh, I guess I guess money talks. <laughs> I, guess, I guess someone came in and pitched the idea to Shopify and they probably went, yeah, we love it. We'll, Sorry, we'll Netflix. It. So, but yeah, Ooh, so I quit 18th of August. I'm keen to watch that. <laughs> there you go. Entertainment news. Epic. 
Epic. Now you can tell the real news. No, no, no. I've uh, I tried to delve into something that I've been asked a lot lately, like how has COVID and a lot more people selling on or buying online uh, impacted conversion rates? So I found mm. a little bit of stats. Somebody's gone ahead and did some stats for us over last year mm -hmm. up to May of 2021. So for those out there that are always like, oh, I wonder if my store is really doing well. What's my conversion rate? How does it measure up? Mm -hmm. um, the stats out there says the averages across the board depends on obviously the vertical that you're in, yep. but also the device that's being used. Mm. What do you reckon is the highest converting device? It'd be one of the iPhones. No. What? Desktop. Desktop is still your highest converting yeah, device. Yeah, okay, sorry. For some reason when you're saying devices, I was just thinking <laughs> phones only. You're right. Desktop always converts higher. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So it's really good just to get the snapshot from so much um, you know, data that they collected to say that smartphones are only 1.86%, uh, tablets 2.59, and desktops 3.41. That's the average conversion? That's the average across all sites, everything done by... Tablet is higher than cell phones? That's interesting. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Well, it's got a bigger, it's it's a bigger screen, you know, but, but we always always see that the amount of traffic on a tablet is really low. Mm. We're now starting to see that there's more traffic on, you know, coming from mobile devices than there are on desktop. But we always see that the desktop has the higher conversion rate because people start on a phone and then when they get serious, they go, yeah, they go. over to the desktop, especially if it's a bigger price yeah. item. And most ads are served up to people on their mobile on the devices mobile. as well. Yeah, so they're yeah. going to have a lower conversion yeah. rate. So, um, yeah, I just thought that's great because I get asked this question all the time. And I was like, wow, I actually found something that takes all the stats from last year. Yeah. And, uh, is this out. across all e-commerce platforms or just Shopify? What well, do you got IRP Commerce that did this along with HubSpot. Yeah. Um, and they looked at the entire 2020. Um, yeah, just they just say it's from the sources to Tista. Yeah. is a global Just run the company. stats again. What is it for cell phones? 1.86, 2.59 for tablet and 3.41. So I have been seeing some interesting conversion rates lately of over 10%. Um, those are pretty specific um, yeah. industries. Yeah. And um, for those out there, if you want to know, um, they've got another little stat here. I know how we love stats. Um, conversion rates just in May for babies and children, 1%. Arts and crafts, 3.5%. Health and wellness, 3%. Yeah, so yeah, if you're yeah, in any yeah. of those industries and you're doing better than that, don't think or rest on your laurels. Be like, yeah, mm. I'm doing a good job mm. because there's a ton of bad websites that just involved in the stats as well. Yeah. And I always tell my clients, like, put KPIs and goals and just work up a half a percent. So you might be sitting on 2.5. Cool. First goal is 3%. Then after you hit that 3%, let's go 3.5. Yep. I was going to say, well, the highest I've ever seen is we did a um, – it was a campaign, though, and it was targeting a, a specific – database so we already had you know those users in there but mm. that was 19 and a half percent conversion rate wow. from yeah that was a very very good day it was, a, it was like a 24-hour flash sale but yeah it's well it's funny you mentioned that because hubspot reports that for every 92 dollars spent acquiring a visitor only one dollar is spent on converting them oh. so uh, most websites don't utilize optimized landing pages which according to hubspot convert at 24 percent on average mm. so highly targeted specific landing pages mm -hmm. Uh, recently, we had a look at Ezra mm. building those um, different product pages. We need to do an episode on that, sir. We will. We will. Yeah. We absolutely, and we need to do an episode on split testing because that's a stuff that we're doing a lot with our clients. Yeah, there's some very cool apps on Shopify, but there's also other ways of doing split testing and having those key landing pages or product pages work out. So, yeah. cool. That's 100%. some great stuff. So anyway, that's all it for the news this week, guys. And uh, thank you. I don't know how to cut that off. Um, yeah. <laughs>
Cool. So let's get on with the rest of the show. And uh, we'd like to welcome in Danny Ng from Sin7. Hey. How you doing, buddy? How are you? All right. Thank you. Very excited good. to be here. And I'm excited to be let out of the trenches. Yeah. <laughs> I was just asking you before, is this your first, uh, first podcast? Yes, it is. And like I said, all those uh, e-commerce managers, marketing managers, and we know a lot of our partners listen to this as well. They'll probably be like, oh, if we've got a podcast, we've got to get Danny on there as well. Yes, I am a very exciting person. <laughs> you're very lucky to have me. You're, you're, you're the founder of Sin7. How come you haven't been let out? You're just too busy? There's a, too much going on? Oh, there's actually too much to do, really. <laughs> um, there's, there's so much work in the product. Like inventory is a, it's just deceptively complicated. Absolutely. You know, as soon as you think you're finished, it sort of draws you back saying, hold on, you're not finished yet. So at the moment, yeah, we're just I just feel like I'm just not finished. Like I, I think we're, well, me personally, I think we're nearly there. Yeah, really? But I'm not sure what nearly there means. Yeah, yeah. It feels yeah. like you're going around one corner, it says, okay, get, this, get around this corner, then I'm done. As soon as you're around this corner, there's like, few more corners ago right? yeah exactly <laughs> people's requirements always get more and you know they always find a gap for you to be able to fill so yes. but that's fast though <laughs> it is like what well, i think for me anyway we, we've got to the point where we uh go that is it you know that's enough product mm. just gonna make this this bugger easier to use now 100 yes. yeah so well you know, we've got a lot of customers and i know there's a lot of listeners here using your system or considering using sin 7 or uh, some sort of inventory management system so we'll look to ask you some questions to be able to give some value through to them um but i guess to start off with do you want to just give us a little bit of an overview as to sort of who you are and how you ended up in this seat today and, and what right. is and what is Sin7 yeah, for those exactly. that don't know? Exactly. Well, I can give you the, the, the really fast sort of uh, sad story, you Ooh. know, from poverty to, to <laughs> ridiculous People love those success. stories. People love those stories. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of Chinese and I was born in Vietnam. Um, so this is just after the war, I think I was conceived. Um, okay. So I think we were... I think I left Vietnam um, on the boat to, to Hong Kong, you know, mm, part of mm. like uh, the, the boat people type of thing. So I think we were there in Hong Kong and then we arrived in, um, in New Zealand as refugees. So it's ni- 1980s. Wow. Yeah, so I grew up in Rotorua and then Tipuki and I studied in Waikato. Yes. Right, so in terms of my IT story is um, I studied business. And the funny thing was is... Um, the business faculty had more money than the computing faculty, so we had better computer labs. <laughs> so, you know, for me, I, I couldn't I couldn't spell to save my life. Mm. And then when I discovered the spell checker, I thought, this is it. Yep. This is yep. amazing. Yeah, that's what I use I every might, day too. <laughs> I might be useful to society now because I just couldn't. My handwriting was terrible. Right. So at the, at the end of my first year, I'm mean, no, beginning of my second year says, well, I can't read my handwriting, so I'm just going to stop taking notes. Mm. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to wear glasses either. So that was the logical thing. Well, I'll just <laughs> stop taking notes. Glasses aren't cool. <laughs> no, and I might just listen to what the lecture's saying. So I actually got quite smart doing that because I think I was the only person listening in the lecture. <laughs> Everyone else was busy taking notes. So yeah, so I, um, uh, for me, it was well, yeah, as I think we were the first batch of management students that had to type up their notes. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, and we had to figure out our own tech because all this stuff was pretty weird. Like Apple came in first, then mm-hmm. Microsoft came in later. Mm. Um, well, Apple came yeah. in first. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I remember using Apple first in, yeah. the, in, in the labs and we were playing Risk. 
one of the first games they had. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> is that a like a version of like the Risk board game? Yeah, it is. Okay, and gotcha, we're just yep, playing yep. Network Risk. I thought, okay. well, this is pretty cool. Well, yeah. I still remember it chatting. It is a good game. Nice, I yes. remember chatting to this person in Canada, and I go, oh, hello, my name is Ryu. That was my street fighter. Ryu, hey, street fighter. <laughs> and she goes, oh, I'm Cookie. Cookie, he's like, where are you, Cookie? And she goes, she goes, well, I'm, I'm in Toronto. He goes, oh, no, no, you can't be in Toronto. Because mm. I'm in Waikato. Like, we've just, it's like the other side of the world. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. When are we talking here, time frame-wise? Oh, it's about 20, 20 years ago, 22 or something. Oh, 202, yeah. This is yeah. dial-up risk. Yeah, yeah, this is old-school stuff. Nice. So um, I'll fast-forward a bit. So <laughs> nice. I, 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 um, I still remember hearing my first email address. So I had had, had um, German flatmate. So he goes, hey, guys. Well, I'm going back to Germany for the for the, for the the summer or the winter or whatever is in, in Germany. But if you want to get hold of me, it's marcus.klein.ykato.com. At whitecutter.ac.nz. <laughs> so me and my friend looked at her and goes, What the hell is he saying? Yeah, yeah. So we laughed at her and goes, Okay, see you next year. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, was, I guess I was, for me, I was, I was there at the beginning of this sort of whole tech thing. Mm. And I, um, I finished my degree. I was good. Uh, I mean, I liked accounting. I mean, I was good at accounting, didn't like it. I liked marketing and wasn't good at it. Mm. Um, so I did a hybrid of the both. Um, but the, I think the, the class I liked the most was um, market research. Right. Oh, it, was a, right. it was a hybrid of like logical thinking and marketing. Yeah. And my, my lecture was uh, Scott Coslow from America. So at the end of it, um, I got pretty good. It's the first time I actually applied myself. So I got my sort of first class honors because I thought, okay, I'm never coming back to university ever again. So <laughs> I've been a nail this shit. So, yeah. I have to. so I said, well, here's, here's my degree, Scott. What do I do with it? And he goes, well, I'll do what you do for free, and if you make money out of it, you'll be successful. Right. That's yeah. Good. And I thought, advice. Jesus, what the hell does that mean? I just want a job. Okay. <laughs> just spent all this time studying, thinking I'm at the end. Now I'm at the start. Yeah. Uh, the one thing he did says, he asked a bit about my background, and he says, oh, he says, I said, well, I'm born in Vietnam, you know, was, and went to Hong Kong. He goes, well, then you're, then you're part of the boat people. And I go, yeah, I guess so, because I remember – well, throwing up on a boat when I was young, but that's mm. all I remember. I didn't mm. know the circumstances or context behind it. He goes, well, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. He goes, well, there's only 10% chance of you surviving that journey. Really? And I thought, yeah, well, that's pretty cool. It's not that you're going to die, but you often you're sent back. Sent back, yeah. Yeah, so I thought, oh, I'm quite lucky. I'm a success story already. <laughs> <laughs> However, I think a year goes by and I go, oh, man, my job sucks. <laughs> so I go, what am I going to do? So I thought back with what Scott said. Is, is do, do what I do for free, and if I make money out of it, I'll be successful. So there's two things I, was, I liked. I like martial arts, and I like computing. And I knew my martial arts instructor was super poor, so I thought, okay, I better not go down that path. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be amazing in martial arts, be super poor. So, okay, yeah. let's just follow this thing called, let's just follow this computer thing. And follow this internet, because specifically I like the internet. I thought this internet stuff's pretty cool. Yeah. 2003, you know? it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. It was like you chatted online and surfed for porn all day. That was, <laughs> that's, that's the most, that's the that's best the use internet, of the internet, the internet back had back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it might be more useful in the future, I thought. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just followed this thing called the internet. So I did a couple of sort of uh, AUT courses, and I, I went on my journey mm-hmm. And a series of like part-time jobs, and like, oh, what is it you want? Yes, you want some graphics. I go, yes. 
I can do graphics. So I had a, I would say yes first and then go and figure out how to, how to do, do it, it afterwards. <laughs> so I learned graphics first. That was my first skill. The second thing I, I was with my sort of part-time employees, I think you guys need a website. And they go, yeah, I think we do. How much is it? I go, oh, let me think about it, $600. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they go, yes. And then I went to the Manurea Library and got a book about, you know, how to build your first website. Because right. I knew the graphics part of it. I just didn't know how to knit it together using HTML. Mm. Yeah, so m most of my IT stuff's been self-taught. Um, I was going to say, you would know far more than HTML now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I guess I uh, this is my claim to fame, where I realized I had some skill in this area, other mm. than just kicking around and doing random stuff. Playing Street so Fighter. I, yeah, <laughs> I like playing Street Fighter. I had to give it up, though. <laughs> Um, yeah, I got so I got employed by eVentures. So back then, it was a whole bunch of rich people throwing money at the internet. This is pre-bubble, um, and yeah, we got we we were in one of the first buildings in the viaduct, which I thought was pretty cool because the America's Cup was coming. Mm. Ooh, nice. This is exciting. So I got employed by eVentures, and they, they bring in pretty much American technology, hoping to you know sort of sell it in New Zealand. So they brought in this thing called, well, this email engine called Message, um, called Message Media. So, and they said, oh, look, Danny, look, I was the first person employed. There's a potential customer. Go, you go and talk to him. He goes, okay, fine. So I go to the ASB tower. I go up to the top and ask, ask for Anthony Byatt. And he goes, hey, Anthony, you, he, he, you got some issues. And he goes, yes, I have. And he started talking. I goes, well, you don't need to talk to me. Just show me what you do. So he spent like half an hour. So he's he, he sends out these emails, about ten thousand of them, twice a week, mm. and he's using Outlook. Wow! <laughs> and I go, holy shit! And this like his his PST file, this big Outlook. It's over one gig, and back then a gig is a oh, lot. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, yeah, he gives me his card. He's uh, Anthony Byatt, the senior economist. Mm. So he's a, he's a highly, you know, sort of skilled man, sort of battling technology. Yes. So six weeks later, I thought, okay, this, this messes me so it's too hard to use. I'm just going to create this user interface over it. And then six weeks later, he goes, here, they use this. And so instead of spending like two hours a day sending his letters out and doing bounce backs and stuff like that, this thing would be 10 minutes and you wow. can automatically unsubscribe and all that sort of stuff, which is advanced technology back then. Right? Oh, yeah. And for a senior <laughs> economist and what he would have been earning, saving an hour and 50 minutes is a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, well, I, so I think I saved him four hours a week. Well, there you go. Bat battling Outlook. Mm -hmm. I hate Outlook too, actually, um, <laughs> I said. Anyway, so um, from that, I actually, we, we sort of won a marketing award. It was one of the first sort of um, content management systems. Right. right. So non technical people can use yeah and it was used at the end of it, it was used by i think most of the blue chip companies like in new zealand and uh, compact and all that and that's so got that's to your send out newsletters on that wow okay so good. i thought oh look i got some skill here and yes. so was this message media yeah okay gotcha. um and then um pretty much after that i thought oh, i'd better start my own company because because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm 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 not all i have a rough idea what i like but i know what i don't like I didn't like looking. I didn't like working for those dummy managers. I thought, okay, <laughs> I can't work for these guys. They're too stupid. So I got to go out there and at least, if if I'm working for someone stupid, it'll be me. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I better May start. Well. My, I better start my own company. So I started Darren Connect, which is we built like a content management system. Yep. So in terms of the internet, that's 20 years ago. 
Um, and I tell people, well, we're a little bit internet like Madonna. You got to reinvent yourself every four to five years. Mm. So That's I think another good line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so the, the re, the, this is the what I think how the internet evolved. Yeah. My term. So there's basic content management. That's where we start, and then there was a part in which everyone wanted to be unique, you know, like graphical, where things were whizzing around and popping up. Flash. Flash. Yeah. It's a painful period for me. Yeah. I'm telling you, so you can't be unique, okay? It's not possible. But they insisted they they want to be unique. And it's, you spend, you agonize over these small little pixels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Make my logo a little bit bigger, please. Yeah, that's, that's all we know. We'll just give you some bigger logos and fade the images in it. So we did find a formula at the end. Um, luckily, Google came along, and then everything be more text-based, and everyone wanted to be number one on Google, right? Mm -hmm. That's that mm -hmm. phase. Uh, the phase that we came out of um, was e-commerce. So we're, you know, early on, we built an e-commerce engine, and, you know, we're uh, sort of comparing with the likes of um, E-Star, well, they were mm -hmm. the rock stars back then, yeah. and, and, and um, Zeal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the yeah. Zest platform. So for us, we, um, yeah, it was all right. I think we have about 25 people, but then you get the sense that you're a crab in a crab bucket. Mm. But man, this e-commerce stuff's pretty rough. So we just got to, there's too many crabs here. We've got to go somewhere else. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so about 10 years ago now, we thought, okay, wh what if we had a goal, what would that be? We thought, okay, we want to be in Silicon Valley where the cool people are. Oh, yeah. So that, that was the goal. Okay. We call it the road to San Francisco. Nice. So 10 years ago, it was a bit nutty than you think to end up in San Fran because most people um, were still having some success in Australia and the UK, but America, you know, New Zealand tech companies had little or no success. Even to the state, they had little or no success. But yeah, so that was the goal. So we thought, okay, it doesn't matter what it is, we're going to end up in San Fran where the cool people are. Obviously, we're still going to be an internet company. Um, so we bumped into zero. Yeah, and they're going in and out running out of money. And they just said, well, we just can't build it fast enough because things are sped up. You don't have 10 years to build something. You have three to five years. So they say we need payroll and we need um, inventory as add-ons. Okay. And we thought, oh, okay. Well, I don't like accounting, so I'm not going to do payroll boring as batshit. So I thought inventory, we understood the pains of inventory because of e-commerce. Mm. So we thought, okay, uh, we could do this inventory thing. We could. So Leanne Graham goes, yeah, well, you know, we're growing too. So we've got an office in London, Sydney, and San Fran. I thought, yes. Here's the road. There's that goal. <laughs> we are doing this now. <laughs> we're going to hang out with Zero in San Fran. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back then, they probably had one person in the Kiwi landing page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. us, we thought that was amazing. Right. Until I, until I went to the Kiwi landing pad, it was, oh, it's a, it's a terrible place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Danny, I just want to make sure that everybody gets to hear all this uh, <coughs> this great story you're telling. So uh, maybe just move just a little bit closer right, to okay. the mic. I'll speed up the history a bit. So we no, thought, okay, okay what are Sin 7? So we thought, we, we, all right, we're, we're going to do this inventory thing. We're going to end up in San Fran and hang out with Zero and San Fran. Mm -hmm. um, so we thought, okay, what does inventory look like five to ten years from now? So we thought you can't build a product for where your market is now. You've got to build it for where it is in the future. 
So we wrote a whole bunch of stuff down. We thought, because we're in e-commerce, we thought, oh, everything's going to go e-commerce and you know, this mobile phone thing just might take off. Mm. So everyone's walking around with mobile phones, they're going to order, they won't even walk into the stores. They're going to sit in front of the stores and go blop, 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 and they'll get it sent to them. So we had these all these ideas that we thought could happen. Don't forget, 10 years ago, it was like, you would know, you don't put anything on the internet because it's too too insecure yeah yeah it's more, more secure in a tape drive in the corner of your office <laughs> back in the day so yeah we're just making stuff up it just happened to be seven things seven things we thought would happen in the future mm. and then was the next job was to find a dot com so you've got to be quite creative yeah so you know the seven things we thought was connected inventory we thought everything needed to be connected so since seven it was like uh you know connected inventory seven was the seven things that we thought would happen in the future Sin7.com and popped up available and I go, that's it. Because I've been searching for like two to three days already for yeah. a dot .com that wasn't too crazy. I thought, that's it. Sin7 is the name. By now. Because <laughs> it's available. Um, and it's not too crazy. Mm. So that's how sort of the name and then how, you know, as I said, we're, we're trying to progress, make Sin7. Well, bet on the fact the future's going to be like this. Yeah. Um, and you could say we were a half half correct which is okay actually because some of the other stuff's a bit nutty but um it's half correct being half correct 10 years ago is a pretty good prediction yeah well the big the biggest thing is everything everything going in the cloud so that was one thing we mm -hmm. thought everything i mean it was we thought okay i think the cloud or the internet is where everything's going to go into even business software so that's one thing goes oh that's lucky um so that happened and of course i think e-commerce is always going to happen um it was a bit slower than we, we, we thought, you know. Mm, yeah, same here. On it. Um, and COVID's accelerated that uh, a fair bit, like a lot, actually. Yeah. But we, it's still, we say 10 years forward, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. still not like everywhere, everywhere. But yeah. we are getting more used to it, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess since then was here we are. And as I said, the, um, I, I guess what, what we've always been about is we, we're trying to solve what I call modern inventory problems. That's our, that's our thing, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. back then inventory was like almost feels like accounting, sort of like, you know, bean counting. Yeah. But for us, it was always about, okay, what, what, what's a modern inventory problem? Modern inventory is global sort of connected inventory. And you want to, um, the goal, I guess, for since is we want you to sell to any way, anybody or any company or any person in the world. And we want to put your inventory anywhere in the world. So that, that, that was the, well, sort of the main challenge, and we wanted to automate everything. So that that's sort of the sort of the premise behind Sin Seven is connect everything, um, and then automate everything. Yeah. yeah. In in your ten years from you starting off, we had um, Playtech on here who said there were customer zero. I'm not sure if that's true or not. They yes. Said, they said they uh, you know, but from from customer zero to where Sin Seven is now. What's the growth? Like how many clients, how many head offices have you got? How many staff have you got around the world? Well, customer zero, it's like, because we were an e-commerce company, like we had about, I don't know, a, let's say a, a, thousand, a thousand customers back yeah. then. Sure. As, as, you know, um, doing e-commerce or just normal brochure. Wear. 
Yeah, so we, we used them as guinea pigs. <laughs> you know, most guinea pigs didn't survive, actually. I don't, I don't but know if Paul would like that. <laughs> no, but Paul said this. Paul said yes. this. He said you, you would come into the office constellation drive, yes. I think it was there, yes. where yeah. the Bunnings is now. Yes, Playtech was a guinea pig that did yeah, survive. Right. All our, yeah. our harsh testing. Well done, Playtech. <laughs> yeah. And they've come yeah. over to Shopify Plus, and they're running that since seven yeah. integration, as I'm sure you're aware. So it's oh, really good. I mean, they went through some stuff with us, for sure. I can imagine. They, they told surprised us. surprised they survived. <laughs> so, yeah, they're definitely number one um and back then i would spend half my time at at the customer's premise wow that's, yeah, that's so, customer so, service folks so playtech i mean i i, I still remember the, the the um um the the bk a, a bk every nearly well, oh, yes. each time i was there i just go to the bk yeah yeah that one's still there <laughs> yes. with the parallel imported store and everything yes it is it is, yeah. it is. Yeah. i sort of grew sort of sort of had a taste for whoppers after that. <laughs> Before that, I never ate BK. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, um, but I had some other customers that weren't like zero, weren't customer zeros, sort of one, two, and three. So we had like Warmingtons that did a lot, that did manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they did fireplaces. So many nuts and bolts in fireplaces. Crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and McCashin's Brewery in Nelson. So I would fly over. Oh, it's just painful flying all the way to Nelson. You'd think it'd be the most amazing time flying to a Nelson brewery. <laughs> and it just wasn't. It was just work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's all this beer there. It's not that you're allowed to go in there and drink it out of the tap or anything. So, um, and you can't because you're there working. Yeah. So you obviously enjoy beer then? Yeah, I do. I do like lots of beer, actually. <laughs> but too much, I think. So I've gone, I've, gone, I've gone a bit snobby. I like this hazy IPA thing. Nice. Sounds very cool when you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's tasty. Yeah, it is. So yeah, I, I do like um, I do like some beer. Uh, yeah, so I had a lot of different industries, and then um, had like different industries. Like side life was for fashion, and I think although I started with Playtech as early early on, but obviously electronics is. I think we've learned certain industries are just difficult and yeah. tricky. You know what I mean? So, fashion is a probably the most it's not the easiest, but back then it took off quickest. Mm, you know, because you, you can send a T-shirt over to America because some hipster thinks, "Oh, this New Zealand brand's pretty cool." I pay, you know, I pay through the nose mm -hmm. for a T-shirt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it was just more possible. Although you can't send a sofa, you know, that's hard. A sofa <laughs> and electronics is—it's just run by super big companies. So we realized Sin Seven doesn't. It doesn't work as well when the market's been, I don't know, not not manipulated, but sort of dominated by a few key players. I mean, we're sort of more mid-market. Right. Um, and industries that are sort of have a structure of being dominated by a few big players, I guess that just never works for us because they're never going to use us. And uh, the companies that, that, there's no sort of middle ground in some industries. So we for us, those industries just, well, there's no customers for us there. I'll give you an example would be, um, well, electronics is one. You know, yeah. It's all these big companies and they just either sell it direct or send it to the big distributors now. You know, So there's only... Yeah, most of them just drop ship. Yeah, yeah, and then the ones that don't do drop ship, there's those sort of no middle tier. There's just a few that do, you know, 90%. Like even New Zealand, you've probably got PV Tech and you've got, you've got Playtech that do sort of a lot more of the gaming stuff. Um, at least you've got log leamings and that's it. That's your that's IT distribution. Pretty much. Um, grocery is the one that we are not battle with. It's for me. It's going. Oh, I get it now. 
So grocery in New Zealand and most com- most countries is dominated by a few big players, yes. right? And that's it. And then you've got all the dairies. And the companies in the middle just struggle. They end up dying. I mean, you've got Faro there, which I don't know. I mean, it's, it's tough. It is. It yeah. is, absolutely. And sure. I think Faro is the only sort of mid-tier player, and even then, that like they're not even near what, you know, a progressive or what a food stuff is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. Well, since then we've learned to... Um, yeah, the, 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 the groups that, well, the industries that work best for us are the industries that have their own little, I call mid mid-tier, like fashion, beauty. I mean, you have furniture, I guess, um, like showroom retail. And uh, what are some of the other industries? Just general general merchandise, things like um, little, little, little clamps for your iPhone to put on your, you know, your, yeah, all sorts of phone your, accessories your, your little stuff. buggy. So you yeah, can do exactly. a whole bunch, you know, people that are doing Uber Eats deliveries will probably have four of those. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. little, little um, sort of, well, small, innovative little gadgets. Yeah. So let me ask you this. In terms of uh, a customer's looking and they might be at a stage where they're like, I've been told I need an inventory management system and not sure what to look for out there. What are some of the key things that you guys run through with clients to make sure that they're sort of hitting the marks of, okay, cool, yeah, that's a sort of a qual- not qualified essentially, but you know, yep, this product is suitable for you guys. What are some of the key things you ask there? Well, I believe you shouldn't get one until you need one. You mm-hmm. know, some people work perfectly fine I wouldn't say out of a spreadsheet, but if, if it works for you and you're the only, you know, like when, when the company's small, you just have a few people that just know everything. Yeah. So it's not that you... That makes sense. Sometimes a system is just more just more work. You know, if you've got one or two people that communicate well and know everything, know where everything is, then it's fine not to have a system mm. if the business operations are, are basic enough. Um, and then you move on to what I call just just having an e-commerce platform, maybe a spreadsheet and shipping. So that that's the most basic form. Yep. Um, and then and a lot of those yeah. e-commerce platforms now come in with a basic level of inventory management. And if you're running like one site and um, you know a couple of staff, maybe mm-hmm. a retail store and you also sell online, then it makes sense. But sort of at what point do you think that they then graduate and say, oh, I'm going to run into issues here? Because I guess what I'm trying to get to is how do people foresee that, you know, because they always just make this decision too late. And by the time they need one, it's already mm. too late. It should be implemented <laughs> already. Then then they've got uh, 17 spreadsheets. Exactly. And, yeah, exactly. and it's terrible. Well, I, and they have I, no idea where stock is. I, I think, you know, it's like anything that people just need to try stuff. You know, they need to try stuff early and mm. sort of probably get it wrong early. So at least in the back of their head, like, oh, I know I did this wrong. I know that did that wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that they should start trying stuff. Um, I know with Playtech we tried a whole bunch of things right? and we got got terribly wrong. It's not because <laughs> we wanted do. to go wrong. It's like for example, um, back then Magento was you know oh we'll just get them to use Magento, and Shopify was sort of on the scene. It was still a little bit new. I'm talking about like oh, I don't know, seven years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, and for us. I guess Shopify, for whatever reason, I think it was quite buggy when I first used Shopify. And then over a period of a year, they, they sort of figured it out. They figured out what are what are the sort of key things that customers need. Mm. Um, and they made it sort of easy to use to get those sort of key features. Yep. You know, like they didn't over-engineer it, you know, with IT people. 
I mean, we battle all this time. IT people can't help themselves. Mm-hmm. They love over-engineering stuff. <laughs> they have to have these things. You have to have these things. Oh, I see it all the time, for sure. Yeah, so they don't have this commercial sort of lens, so they go after all sorts. Um, but, yeah, Shopify is able to have, a, like, a commercial lens or just some sort of quite precise thinking. Yes. Yeah, they were able to make websites look good, how do they do that? It's mm. hard to create a formula to make websites look good. Mm. Yeah. You know, back then it was just, it's, it's, it's quite hard. You can spend all this time and the website could still look ugly. Yeah. So I don't know. I think, I think me and my brother, we look at this stuff all the time. I thought that that'll be one of the hardest things. I mean, I, I sort of get how they do it. At the same time, I don't know how they did it. It's like, because mm. design was, you know, could spend a lot of time hung up on design. So I think Shopify, I mean, they were lucky in one respect that I think they came on when mobile had started to take off. Yep. Yep. And those other platforms were just not engineered for sort of mobile shopping. It's, it's what you said. It's the friendliness of the UX behind the scenes for the merchant to be able to use Shopify, I think, is one of the reasons why you know, it did really well taking off. Mm. Is Shopify probably uh, an e-commerce platform that you've seen just rise and everybody wanted to integrate with since then? Has there been any other big rise in platforms uh, that you no, see? No, I think that's it. I mean, you had all these other ones that came on, like BigCommerce and then Nito. Mm. Oh, mm. man, that was a disaster. It didn't have to be. Uh, that's the thing. Like, they were all, all these horses that, you know, they started. Yeah. Well, Magento was the big behemoth anyway, and all these other ones like Shopify, BigCommerce, Nito were, were there, and there's he- heaps of others. Like oh, Chris so Shop and all that, ones, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and Shopify, I think mostly through yeah, just um, just user usability, sort of understanding, and just understanding what what mattered to the customer. Yeah, and because I still remember they had this um, category structure, and they were unlimited, keep on going, and then afterwards, because we had five levels of category, and then we chopped it back to three because five was just unwieldy. And Shopify did the same, so I understood they were thinking about, you know, to what, mm. so what level of complexity can you go to to cover most of what people want, and then what level of complexity is too much complexity? Yeah. So I, because I've noticed these things, like, oh, they chopped back their category levels to three, and mm. I said that makes a lot of sense because any more than three is a bit too much. Sure. It was all, it's always going to be some bugger that wants four or five, obviously, exactly. but really, come on. <laughs> the, the only thing probably I find a bit um, they haven't done is that you can't put decimal quantities. I thought, oh, that's all right. Well, you know. well, now we're getting technical here. <laughs> you, could, you could probably figure your way around it, but I thought, oh, come on, Shopify. I'm sure you can put 1.5 in there, but they yeah. haven't done that. Yes. Yeah, Other yes. than that, I, I think that they're all, they deliver most of what people want. Yeah. Keeping this high level being who you are and what you've done and now seeing like what we're talking about, seeing all these other platforms, are you saying, can you see that Shopify is head and shoulders above from the others? I, I am biased towards Shopify only because we're a Shopify partner and I have lots of shares on Shopify. But yeah. um, <laughs> but can, can you just see it from when you're working and you're looking at the roadmap of Sin 7 and where we have to do stuff and integrate stuff and then you've got Shopify and you're like, okay, they're thinking like us and then you've got somebody else, don't want to say neato, but you're yeah. like, you've got this completely wrong. We're not going to try and even look at what you're doing. Yeah, they are. Like, I th- they've got they've got some thinkers in there that are very precise from a UX perspective. Mm, yeah. You can tell there is. I don't think th- there's never a whole team. I think there's one or two or three people within all of Shopify that really know their stuff. Mm. Yeah, mm. they're very like the thinking is very precise. That, that's yeah. that's sort of the 
Whereas other companies, you can tell the thinking isn't precise. It's um, that they're just it's like a, a like collection of features, I guess. Some of these other companies, they they haven't quite got an overall vision or idea for the product. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And Shopify has. I think they've done all the basic. You know, you had to have multi branches, and you had to have um, their pause was pretty good. I think that that helped yeah. them a lot. Um, and returns, you know, so they put returns magic because obviously returns is a real bugger. Isn't yeah. it? Like, what, <laughs> between sure. 10 to 20, maybe 30%, depending on your industry. So they had to sort that out. Yes, yes. And I think they've, they've got to the point where, I mean, that's not that's it. And they got plus and they do a bit more B2B. I guess they're switching over to 3PL now. So that's really the... Oh, fulfillment, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Six River. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Well, because they're, they're going, like, um, even with Amazon, before FBA, Amazon was not, like, it was okay. It wasn't, like, the powerhouse it is now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. FBA, that was the difference. It made the difference, yeah. Okay, interesting. So how many iterations are we up to with Sin 7 now? Well, some parts are, like, back in the, back in the Stone Age. <laughs> okay, right. Script. Oh, look, we, we sort of evolve. We're getting sort of, the we, raw we, we, truth we, we, here, folks. That's good. We, we sort of evolve. Uh, so we're, we're all sort of moving as much as possible to, you, you could say back in the day, it was like, you call it like an interface for manual data entry. Mm. Like all software was designed for humans to sit behind it and key data in all day. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, Salesforce stores that now and zero to, for the most part, is still an interface for not manual data entry, but the interface for humans Yeah, to, to interface with it. So with Sin7, we're slowly progressing towards, we, we just want everything automated. Yeah, You know, it's not, it shouldn't be you build software for a person to to do stuff. So software should just be as automated as possible. Exactly. So, that, I mean, that's one path that we're going down. We just want everything to be automated. So yeah. we want to automate the manual stuff. So when you click, 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 we should automate that stuff. And then you automate the thinking. Mm-hmm. You know that's the trickier bit at the end, and I guess, um, like you mentioned, just as just as you have automated that, something yeah. else comes along that you want to automate again because six to twelve months has passed while you've been developing this, and another requirement comes about. Yeah, well, we're a little bit lucky. I think we've hit a threshold of um, not complexity. We're, we've done the the bulk of the, the workflows we we think are high value. Oh, good. So we've got to switch back and just fill in some of the gaps. Yeah. You know, like yeah, WMS right. is just ridiculously complicated, but we do have a WMS. Um, and I've been playing with WMSs and pick and packs for since the beginning of oh, since wow. seven. Because yep. I believe the software should be where the inventory is. I've always believed that. Okay. And I thought the WMS is really the biggest, sort of the biggest um, thing that represents, you know, like an inventory system. Yeah, so for those out there that doesn't know what a WMS is, can we just share? Oh, it's where, I guess it's a warehouse management system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you manage what? Manage your warehouse. Yeah, so it it sort of helps with the flows of inventory in and out. And it's funny enough that some of your competitors, well, you might say they're not your competitors, don't even have that feature, warehouse management system. It's just inventory alone. Mm. Because I get a lot of calls saying, well, it's great. We know where our stock's at, but we don't know where it is in the warehouse. In the warehouse, like batch locations, um, so yeah, of, um, the funny thing is, is most, I guess we had, you know, if you, if you studied management, it's like the Maslow hierarchy of needs. Oh, so, here we yeah. go. Yeah. yeah, so what people needed was just, they needed, they obviously need integration into the e-commerce, right? That was, and their shipping, um, and it's basic inventory management. So that was the first need mm. of an inventory system, just managing their, their sales channels. 
and what we call order management. Um, now, what goes inside a warehouse, for the most part, you usually have a couple of smart bastards. They know where everything is. That's <laughs> Un- true. Until they leave, and, or until <laughs> you get big enough. <laughs> so until you get big enough, a warehouse management's not, it's not as needed. It's yeah. what I call you're managing something that a person could manage. Mm, okay. What I've learned from a system is you don't want to over-engineer something. Because I, 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 back then, I was early on, I was entertaining everything. So, I, you know, I was at the McCashins Brewery and they had a cafe. So we thought, well, could use our, you could use our port-of-sale system for this. And this is the bit in which I go, oh, okay, I think I get this. Um, <laughs> and he goes, well, you know, we've got the kegs at the cafe. Can the system tell us when, um, you know, when the kegs are empty? Mm. And I thought, I actually took that on as like a technical <laughs> challenge. I go, let, let me think about this. There's spillage. <laughs> Obviously, there's people just, you know, forgetting forgetting to clock in that, that, that you know, that the poured like a pint. Or, oh, it was yeah, all true. sorts of errors. I can tell you when it's empty. It's usually when it doesn't come out of the tap. <laughs> yeah. That's that simple, that solution. Yeah. Well, you don't need to program end. this. I can see how that's definitely So at the end of it, you're you're right. I go, okay, the best thing is it doesn't work when it stops coming out of the tap <laughs> or, or when you lift the keg and it seems quite light, so you yes. know it's almost going to... Yes going to go empty so yeah so we learned that look the extent to which a system it can't a system just can't manage everything just it can manage the big stuff yeah, yeah. you just can't get it to manage all the little stuff because it's really a, there's a there's a management overhead yes like systems cost money to run yeah. Um, yeah. and everything you manage costs what well, just costs cost money and time yeah. and it's just I don't know. I don't know what you want to call it. It just can't. It can't manage that. They can't manage the dynamic nature of certain environments. No, yeah, for sure. If we yeah. can automate everything, fantastic. But and I see it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I see it all the time. I, I mean, like I said, we've been. You know, mm. even when Datum Connect was still out there, we were selling websites on OpenCart, for example. Right. You know, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I can remember we came up against each other, or you know, whatever it may have been. But I'm just more so interested in the last sort of five years and how the improvements not only in devices and technology, but in, say, e-commerce platforms like the big commerce, Shopify, Magento's, and when those evolve, how does that impact you in terms of your product development or the roadmap for product development? Oh, I mean, one was we spend half our time keeping up now. Mm. You know, it's one of those, if Shopify is going to change the API, then we've got to change it with them or zero. Do they give you enough of a heads up? Well, they do, but it's still, it's still, if, yeah, if, if they're not changing something, then someone else's, you know, like yep. let's say zero wants, okay, you got to do two, two form factor authentication now, otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you've got to spend your time doing that. So we spend half our time just keeping up with all these integrations. So we've got about, you know, 500 plus integrations now. Crazy. So you can imagine it's just, just keeping up with that. It's, um, it's a bit crazy. Yeah, for sure. We have to do it. Especially yeah. Amazon is what, what Amazon wants. Amazon gets, and yeah. now it's yeah. like, okay, we're changing our API, and you get six months to sort the shit out. <laughs> and it's like, yes, Amazon, we will do that for you, because there's no other answer, is there? You can't go, no, well, look here, Amazon. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about this. Yeah. Well, they're not. <laughs> yeah, well, talking global. Yeah. I mean, this is such a great success story. You know, out of Albany or Waikato mm. um, to the world. How many staff are we employing now? Yeah, well, in terms of SinSEN, we have got we've got about 150. Yeah, and I think you guys already know that we, we've acquired um, Deer. Oh, and that was my next question. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. know 
why? What's the, the synergy there, you know? Oh, I mean, there's two main reasons. One is, I mean, inventory is a real bugger, really, because it's quite what it called a fragmented um, uh, in, uh, industry. Yeah. Like, it looks like it's one industry, but you've got all these different requirements um, within that industry. So with Sin7, it didn't matter how hard we try, we just can't cover that much of the market with the functionality. Yep. So we had to acquire what I call other... Um, for other pieces of software, they just covered areas that we don't cover. Yeah. Like we're, I mean, we're, you consider us to be a little bit successful, but we're so small in the bigger scheme of things. Yeah. Um, so even with SinSim, with all the functionality, we only cover this much of the market. Um, so we need others that cover other parts of the market. So, for example, AutoHive's discovered really the entry-level e-commerce players, whereby they have got an inventory system, they've got maybe a Shopify and a ship station, mm -hmm. and they need just a bit of inventory management, you know, like purchase ordering, branch transfers, things like that to make it all nice and neat. Mm. So yeah, AutoHive is sort of more entry level. Mm -hmm. um, Dare is more like uh, the middle, sort of the middle tier, and since would be the plus. Right, Yeah. great, okay. Cool. Because we, we, we noticed the popularity of Dare, Yes. And then one day I get this email saying since then it's a quiet day and I remember saying to Waldo, holy shit. Well, like, there's been is, quite a lot of activity great. in your industry in the it last has, 12 months, hasn't it's there? It's coming to a head. Mm. It, it's all, it's all going to settle itself out soon, I'd say. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. QuickBooks bought TradeGecko and now yes. it's not, not even a thing anymore. Yes, um, and then Access Group in the UK brought Unleashed. Yeah. Um, and then Square brought... Stitch and killed it, <laughs> which gotcha. is good for us. Hooray. Right. I wish more corporates would buy our competitors and kill them. Um, <laughs> although, I'm, well, I think TradeGecko is all exorbitant in the QuickBooks. Um, I, well, well, but they've now stopped. They've they stopped. Stop. In the US, you can have it? Or? I'm not sure. Well, well, they stopped integration into zero, right? Oh. Like, okay, well, if you're well, on zero, we're going to stop that. You've right. got to switch to the dark side and use QuickBooks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're not going to be able to use the legacy software. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Got a few customers I'd like to talk to you about, by the way. Um. <laughs> yeah. So we're just trying to, for me anyway, I'm just, so we're, yeah. So all the stuff's happening. I mean, I guess we made our move as well by acquiring Deer and AutoHive. So yeah. we're, That's um, good. the market's got a level of consolidation now. And I'm not 100% sure where it goes from here, really. So we're just, we're not playing it by ear, but we're just, we're just figuring it out. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You can only look six to 12 months ahead, really. Yeah. <laughs> you've, so you've, you've probably got a board and you can't say too much, but when do you start knocking on someone like Shopify's door and saying, you guys should be looking at what we're doing? Well, I don't know if Shopify, it's, I don't know if Shopify's going to look for inventory. Um, the reason being is inventory is you've got one inventory system that has to connect to all these other markets. For example, let's say Shopify has an inventory system. Yeah. Well, they can't go, well, you can't connect to Amazon because mm. you have to connect to Amazon. Um, and you have to connect to, I mean, for us, Walmart and any other channel that you, you, you're taking orders from. Exactly. So I don't, I don't think it's going to be uh, an e-commerce platform. You don't um, think it'll ever be like a one-stop, mm, one-shop one solution? One-stop shop, yeah. No, I think I think for them inventory is just not. It's just it's it's, it's too nuanced. Yeah, well, you're too, telling me. Um, I've been asking them for this for a couple of years now. Like, what are we doing with inventory management, guys? Like, it feels yeah, like I, I don't it's think right they could do it. Um, uh, I, I think they. I think for them, going down the fulfillment path is, is the is the difference. It'll make a difference. It's all it's all about fulfillment now. Yeah. Like they place an order and it needs to get to your door and 
I don't know, a day, half day, I don't know. Amazon sets some crazy, crazy benchmarks and new norms. Nice, and, uh, nice. I think for Shopify to compete in this realm, they've got to come, they've got to help their customers get get closer to the Amazon model. Mm. Sure. And mm-hmm. everyone wants it because mm-hmm. Amazon is... is, is is, is no one's friend, <laughs> well, at least not not the um, not the vendors anyway. Yes. yes so yes. I think Shopify has a well, I don't know. They have everyone would like another option other than Amazon. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, as I said, it's, it's such a bully, you could say. Um, yeah, and then I guess listening to you know all the challenges you just spoke about before, that makes sense. Why you know it's a little bit harder than on the surface. What it just sounds like, you know, just turning it on, not not quite. Yeah. So I think. Um, I think Shopify, yeah, I, I believe anyway. Going down this third-party logistics path is um, is their best, is the best bang. Well, not their best. The difference it'll make a difference in terms of just closing that gap between ordering it and then because ultimately it, it, the service is not finished until it arrives at someone's door, right? That's yeah. right. And then you can say it continues. Yeah, exactly. That, with so lifetime what's value, but yes. What's next for those yeah. customers who are listening with the, that already utilize Sin7? Um, what's next for them? Is there anything you can share with us? We try to be like the... Uh, I think the from my perspective, my, from what, I mean, the, the vision I've always had, had for the company is, um, I mean, our, our job is to, to solve some of the more, you know, the, the most sort of complex and high value inventory, modern, more modern inventory problems out there. So... Mm-hmm. There's a few more problems that we, we sort of need to solve, and it's all very nuanced. It sounds very um, almost quite boring to people out there. So I think our, our, our WMS is probably the, um, the thing we're just we're working on it a lot. Yeah. Um, it gets to the point everyone's got the other basics, and now they need the warehouse to go, how do we pick a 1,000 orders, for mm-hmm. example? So that, that's still the goal of ours, and it's been a goal of mine for ages. It was never a something people needed up until now because they had more basic needs like you know what e-commerce platform should i use blah blah exactly. blah, blah and now yeah. is it i think shopify makes it a no-brainer right mm. just use shopify and just get it done because <laughs> you could use some other stuff and you're really just gonna you're just gonna bugger yourself until you and you know, for example if you're gonna use magenta you got better for you know a couple of full-time developers yeah Oh, otherwise, you've heard this otherwise time you're, nev- you're never going to be happy. <laughs> exactly. So if you can't afford those two developers, then you really need to use Shopify. Shopify has some things that you know, some limitations. Well, you just got to get over those. Yeah. 100%. I mean, for example, I had a customer that sells, um, so you know, like home brew stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he says, "Wow, well, we can't, we can't order half a kilo of barley." And I go, "Well, um, yeah." This wasn't how, how wrecky, was it? No. No? <laughs> no, just, just I go, well, because he's stuck in this thing of these, like, maybe these old buggers coming to the store and buying, you know, 1.25 kilos of <laughs> yeah. barley. And, goes, yeah. and a kilo of barley is five bucks. Wow. And I thought, oh, my God, just just tell him to piss off and buy whole kilos. <laughs> <laughs> Not 1.25. That's how you solve these problems, <laughs> So folks. you're going to have... Yeah, you're going to have someone who's not going to be happy because he wants to buy half a kilo uh, of barley, yeah. which is like $2.50. <laughs> and I go, look, here you are agonizing this low-value problem. Yeah, mm. and you see that mm. when I'm out there as well yeah. with, with people who built their businesses maybe in the double O's and yeah. now coming into this age and they've got these historical processes and mm. their business is set up operationally in a certain way. Now, when you introduce a new bit of software, yeah. it's only ever really going to take care of about 80% there. You're going to have to mold the other 20% to suit this. There's nothing going to out of the box, plug in, works, and where we go. You know, yeah. Turn the old one off, turn the new one on. 
I think um, that's that's the thing. Like we all got a like a unfortunately we, we sort of adapt our business models to the technology at hand, right? Yeah. Like um just don't get stuck on don't sweat the small stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. It seems big, you know, because of the personalities in play, but economically it's not that big. Yeah. You know, so you're gonna get you always unfortunately, you're gonna get some unhappy people. Yeah, that that twenty percent they really needed that half kilo of barley, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because the missus is going to be really unhappy because this whole two kilo just takes up too much space. Nice, (laughs) you know. Well, what my (laughs) takeaways from that is Danny Ng says, "Keep it simple, sweet." Yeah, Uh, Leo, have you got any other questions that you want to fire off? I think we need Danny back for another episode where I like to talk more management and how he, you know, uh, what he had to do to grow since seven. When did he realize he needed to bring some other people? I don't know if we have time. You might have to, now, you might have well, to that, start. That's another time. I, I know. That's, that's that's lots of topic. painful stories around that. And we'll have beer. We'll have some IPAs here. <laughs> yes. I think. We'll have some beer. You might place. have to start another podcast for that. I think Business management or something it along is. those lines. But now, look, we've we've seen you guys make waves in the industry. Um, you know, we've been, both of us, 10 plus years. So um, we're there with you. We're proud that you guys are actually from New Zealand. And I know a lot of people overseas will be listening to this. Just a reminder out there for people who are listening, please like this podcast, subscribe online, review it, you know, bad, good, doesn't matter. If you don't like Leo singing, please back me up in, in, the, in the comments below. But um, other than that, Danny, just want to really thank you and uh, appreciate your time. Um, those interested go to sim7.com yeah well, so uh, if I can just one, one last point oh, I, said that my, my, um, the, I, I think that the thing that sin7 would, would like would, I mean I would like sin7 to achieve like obviously I'm a sort of an adopted adopted citizen so I've always thought you know how, how can I sort of give back to New Zealand like an adopted country so I always thought okay well I, I think sin7 uh, although we're sort of owned by an American company now <laughs> so I thought look we, we could we could win this inventory game this inventory game is very much of an American game okay you know so I thought with no natural with no natural advantages you know like it's not like we can show pictures of our Alps and go look buy our inventory actually other than us being smart bastards mm-hmm. um, we can beat the Americans at this, this game. Let's, like I said, we, we can formulate an NBA team and go to the NBA <laughs> and win it. So, yeah, that's what I, I would like um, to achieve anyway. Like I thought, you know, I think with Kiwis, if, if they're smart enough, they, they can sort of beat any, anybody. Yeah. So I, 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 I sort of have parallels to like Spotify, right, where they're in Sweden or somewhere there. Yeah. So taking on Apple Music back yeah. in the day of iTunes, which is just it's colossal. Mm. So I think, look, with, with enough, with an understanding of the market, and if you've got enough smart people, you can take on, you know, as um, what you would consider to be like, you know, just insurmountable odds. But, you know, yeah, you just got to just got to better see that gap and sort of do it. Yeah, Love it. wise yeah. words. Absolutely. And I think, Danny, uh, you are doing that with Sin7. Uh, so, again, we want to say thank you very much for coming here today. And uh, I'm glad you got out of the trenches to be here. Yeah, I'm quite happy enjoying this coffee. Okay, yeah, thanks, guys. I really enjoyed it. No worries. We'll uh, see you next time. Thank you. Okay.